Good morning. It is a great day, church. It's a great day to be here with your friends. It's a great day to be here with the followers of Jesus. It is a great day to be family. And we don't have C&K kids this morning. I'm sorry, kids. Because we like us all to be together on Easter. But I do want, if you're a kid and you're comfortable with this, go ahead and stand up. Because there's something that we do every Sunday. And I think on Easter Sunday... We need to do this as well. We bless our kids because we want them to be messengers of God's word. We want them to be able to say that Jesus is alive today. So extend your hands and let's bless these kids. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. You have made these children your children. You have given them life. And you have given them a great message to share about Jesus. Give them courage. Give them heart so that they may tell their friends. They may tell their family. They may tell followers of Jesus about who he is in their life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, kids. So today, kids, you have to be a part of the message a little bit. I want to know if you've kind of been listening. If I say Christ is risen, what do you say? So many of you think you're kids. (laughs) So those who are really kids, if I say Christ is risen, isn't that great? Hear those voices. Okay, everybody, Christ is risen. Amen. So we just made this declarative statement. That Jesus died on a cross. He was placed in a grave. He was dead. But now he's alive. Easter is not meant to be about the surface stuff. The Easter dresses. The eggs. The suits. Right? It's not meant to be. They're all nice, right? They're nice. You don't often get to see me like this. Maybe this will be more common. Probably not. (laughs) Easter goes deeper. It starts in a grave. It starts in a dark place. It starts where people had lost hope and did not think that the next day would be better. Easter starts not in life but in death. We're excited. But if we forget that it started in the tomb, we kind of miss what Jesus did. Crucified just days before. He's meant to be thrown away like trash. He's mutilated. This is a body that was not meant to rise again. There wouldn't be enough spices or oils to make this body look better. See, the friends of Jesus had already scattered. But today we're going to get into the story about one who didn't. So let's look at the story. All was quiet at the tomb of Jesus until early Sunday morning while it was still dark. 
Suddenly, there was an earthquake and an angel appeared at the gravesite. He rolled back the huge stone and sat on it. The guards were terrified and fainted. And then, all was quiet once again. As the sun came up, Mary Magdalene and some other women walked into the garden so they could put spices on the body of Jesus. They were wondering how they were going to get someone to roll back the stone from the tomb. When they came to the tomb, they realized the soldiers were gone and the stone was rolled back. They looked and saw that the tomb was empty. Mary turned and ran to tell the disciples about the empty tomb. The other women stayed in the garden. Finally, they went inside the tomb. They saw two angels. One of them said, Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here because he was risen. Go tell his disciples and Peter. So the women went to do as they were told. Meanwhile, Mary found the disciples and told them, They've taken the body of Jesus, and we don't know where it is. When Peter and John heard this, they ran to the tomb. John got there first, but didn't go in. Peter rushed in, and John followed. They saw the strips of cloth that had been wrapped around the body of Jesus. The body was missing. They left the tomb and walked home, confused about what had happened. After they were gone, Mary Magdalene arrived back at the garden, weeping as she walked. When she got to the tomb, she saw the angels. One of them said, Why are you crying? Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where he is. She turned and saw a man standing near her. She didn't realize it was Jesus. She thought it was the gardener. Sir, if you have taken him away, please tell me where he is so I can go and get him. Jesus said, Mary. Instantly, she knew who it was. She fell down and grabbed his feet. My master! He said, Don't hold me, but go tell my disciples that you have seen me. Immediately she got up and ran to find the disciples. Jesus then appeared to the other women as they were walking back into the city. They fell down and worshipped him. He said, Go find my brothers and tell them that I'll meet them in Galilee. All the women found the disciples and said, Jesus is alive. We've seen him and talked to him. He's alive. So on the night that Jesus died, friends were there, but after he died, they scattered. They went to their own places, they went to their homes. They may have been sad. In fact, we know that it was recorded that they left in deep sorrow. But no one stayed. If you were a Jew and a friend of Jesus, you were likely disappointed. You were hoping for something new. You were hoping that he would usher in a new government, a new kingdom for you, for your people. When he died, you were really left with nothing. You went home that night and you went to sleep, ready for the next day to be under Roman control once again. It would be the same day as the day was yesterday and the day before that. Nothing had changed. Yes, the friends of Jesus, they're gone. They may have even been some of the friends who had cried out, free Barabbas instead of Jesus. We all have friends, right? We all have friends. Some of us have more friends than others. Basically, a 
a friend shares a bond with you, a common bond. You share life together a little bit. It's a friend. They may know some things about you. Some bonds are stronger than others. You all kind of know that. Some friendships can last or maintain a longer length of time. I have friends on Facebook. Yes, even I have friends on Facebook. Have more than others, less than a lot of other people. These friends on Facebook, some of them I know really well. Some bonds are really strong. Well, the other day, Sarah was snooping. I call it Facebook snooping. You're, you got your Facebook feed open, and someone's looking over your shoulder. Well, it happens to be my wife. And I'm going through, and she goes, who's that? And I look. It's a picture of a baby. She loves babies. She loves pretty babies. She loves ugly babies. She loves... <laughs> Strangers, babies. She loves babies. I mean, I was just blowing through like this. I wasn't even looking. And I didn't. So I went back and I looked at the name. I said, I have no idea. <laughs> so I click on the profile. You got to go to the profile. You got to hope that their maiden name is still there somewhere. I see the face and I go, oh, yeah, I went to college with her. And I said, but I really didn't know her then. I knew of her, and we may have had like a couple conversations, but we're friends. We're friends. She's really no more than a friend than some of the friends I've had when I've gone to a sporting event, and I sit next to someone, and I start talking to them. I probably know as much about some of those people as I know about this person. We happen to be in the same place at the same time, going through a significant event, college. But do I know anything what's happened in the past 20 years? I wanted to say that kind of like, I wanted to say like five years, but more than that. No, I don't. I don't really know much about what has happened. Jesus had a lot of friends too. He had a lot of friends. He had friends that had been healed by him. He had friends that were in the crowd when they watched him do a miracle, and they were like, way to go, Jesus. He had friends who followed him and said, he's so cool. Have you heard about Jesus? He had a lot of friends. Only Jesus didn't forget his friends. He knew people by name. He always knew them, even when they thought, he shouldn't know them. He knew them. He wasn't like me. Who forgets? If he is, which this is so sacrilegious, but if he had a wife, which he didn't, but if he did, and she was snooping over his shoulder looking at Facebook, he wouldn't have to say, I have no idea. He would know who that person was because he's a much better friend than any of us could be. But he had a lot of friends. The sad thing was when he was sentenced to die, none of those friends tried to stop it. Peter denied him. His own disciples, closest friends, deserted him. And all of his friends turned on him. 
When he died, scriptures don't record one account in any of the four Gospels. That they wanted to come and stick around as a group, right? Like, I want you to imagine this. Jesus was crucified and there were many more people than are here today. Many of them said they were a friend of Jesus. But there are only a few who said, we need to bury his body. Not great friends. And that's kind of where we find not just a friend of Jesus, but an actual follower. She was ready to go anoint this failed Messiah as far as she knew who was rotting in the grave. She was ready to go even if the tomb wouldn't be opened. She just hoped that it could be so that she could love Jesus. She didn't want to be one of those friends that kind of were there in the good times. She wanted to be a follower that was there even in the bad times. Even when Jesus, in her mind, in her faith, in what she believed, could probably not offer her anything. Because he's dead. And she wasn't sure that he would actually be resurrected. Mary risked physical harm because the religious leaders of the day wanted to round up anyone who was still trying to follow and talk about this Jesus and make sure they never would because they were pretty much done with Jesus. She was willing to move past just being one of those fair weather friends and actually be a follower who even in the uncomfortableness of seeing her leader die, she would push through and love him. She expended resources. She gathered these oils and ointments with some other women so that they could anoint a guy that they didn't really know they didn't believe would rise from the dead. These resources would be expended with no return. She was willing to serve because she was a follower of Jesus. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stopped and she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Mary. Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. At this moment, Jesus was 
not seeing a friend. He was seeing a follower who he was about to invite to be part of his family. She was going to be invited into the family. And as being a part of the family, she would start to share some responsibilities of this family business. He says to her, don't cling to me. Now, isn't that what a brother says to a sister, right? That's what my kids say when you set them in the car next to each other. Don't touch me. (laughs) Of course, this isn't what Jesus is meaning here, right? He's actually saying to Mary, you've got more important things to do right now than to hold on to me. There's a message that you have to share, and it needs to be shared now. There's a job to do. And being a part of the family business, you're my sister. Now go and represent me. He says, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. To my father and to your father. She's a daughter of God. And Jesus gives her this important message, the first message after the grave. Go tell those other followers to be a part of my family. No longer just a follower, but now be family. Mary Magdalene found the disciples. I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. See, the truth is, is that we have a lot of friends here today. We have friends here. And it's good. You know who he is. You know who Jesus is. You know what he did. You probably can say, Jesus died, rose again from the grave. You may not want to tell a lot of people about Jesus, but you do know him, at least of him. There are so many things that are jumping in front of you, keeping you from jumping in with him. You're overscheduled. Anybody overscheduled here? And that schedule dictates what you're going to do. Now, the thing about Mary, if she was overscheduled that morning, her response would have been, well, wait a minute, Jesus. Wait a minute. I can't go do that now. I'll tell them after I go to the soccer game. Well, we don't like that, do we? But do we ever do that? Maybe. You worry about what you would have to give up. Keeps you from jumping all the way in, right? Because if I jump all the way in, what am I going to have to let go of? If this happened with Mary, Mary would be still standing with Jesus saying, I'm not going to let go of you. 
Because for me to go do what you're asking me to do means i got to let go of you. Sometimes we get too worried about what Jesus himself is saying, let go of so you can go. Maybe you believe you can do it alone. But that's not working so well. See, there's a lot of friends here of Jesus. We can be a friend every other day, can't we? Just a friend. We can be kind of like a friend on Facebook that we don't really know him, but we know of him. Once we see the face, we go, oh, well, yeah, I remember. Your invitation today is to follow him. If you're a friend of Jesus, if you find yourself being a friend of Jesus more than not, more than being a follower, you kind of find yourself, he's kind of there, but not really important. He's inviting you today to follow him, to learn about him, and simply be around him. That's what a good friend does. But even more so, that's what a follower does. To search his words and see the truth. Because he's inviting you to be family. He wants something more for you. Now we often think, well, a friend is good enough. But not for Jesus. If a friend was good enough, he would have just said, Mary, go tell the disciples. But instead he said, go tell them. Your father. There's something much more for you today. We have a lot of followers here today, too. You sometimes sacrifice. You sometimes try to live in the ways and the words and the works of Jesus. We got some followers here today, right? Some days you're not just a friend. Sometimes you become a follower. Those are better days. If you really want to get to know Jesus, you're okay with most things that Jesus says. Not everything, but most things. You got anybody, anybody like that? You don't have to raise your hand. But we are, we are like that, right? I like what Jesus says here, but this other part that he says, not so much. Well, that's the disciples during the life of Jesus. Not so sure about everything he was saying, but he was doing some great things, so we followed him. We kind of wanted to be like him. Jesus wants you to let go of all these anxieties, these pressures, all these worries. He wants you to let go of, have I done enough to follow him? Have I sacrificed enough? He wants you to let go of all that shame and all those should-haves and could-haves. Because that's what kind of happens when you try to follow him. But you haven't yet received the identity of brother or family. Your invitation today is to be in the family business. He wants you to experience the full joy of serving as his brother 
not just as a servant. He wants you to be family. The awesome thing about Jesus is that he always wants more for us than we want for ourselves. And he wants right stuff for us, not the stuff that we try to get. He wants more for you. Do you believe Jesus wants more for you? That's why he rose from the grave. It would have been very easy for Jesus to just say, you guys are really bad friends. So you don't really, why give you eternal life? I mean, some of us have experienced bad friends. And you go, is this what it's going to be like for the rest of my life? But Jesus looks past that and says, I want more for you than you want for yourself. We have family here today. Family is those who see that responsibility and they jump at it. And I've seen you guys act as family that you see that you're actually a part of this family business, that you actually hear the Lord as he speaks to you. You're willing to sacrifice, but you do the sacrifice in joy because you know there's more to it than what you're giving up. It means that you will be rejected more than you're accepted. Yeah, like being the family is not always great, right? Being the family means that sometimes you share with people that you know are going to say, I think that's just stupid. Breezy, just a few weeks ago, was encountered by friends. And they started to tell her how believing in Jesus is stupid. And anyone that believes in Jesus is just dumb. Why would you believe in such a thing? And I was proud of her because she did stand her ground and say, well, I'm a Christian and I believe. And you just have an opinion. And so why are you bringing this on me? Now, I'm not saying that we all act like family every day, but that's one example of what it looks like to be family with Jesus. You defend one another in the faith that we follow and walk in. Our job as the family is to tell the story of Jesus. That's what the family business of Jesus is all about. That's why the very first thing that he tells Mary, who sees him risen from the dead, to go do is to go tell about him. And what I've witnessed in the last 44 years, I can't speak about the first four years, I don't really remember those as well, but the rest of them, so the last 40 years, as Christians, we rather be friends of Jesus than family. We'd rather push the idea of being in the business away because we don't want to share with our other friends. We don't want to share at our workplaces. 
we don't want to share that story. I'm in this with you. And this is supposed to be my business. But if you think that I go to a new place, a new house, and then I, I hear the Lord say, you need to say something about me, and I don't hesitate, you're crazy. And why do I hesitate? Because sometimes I fear that I'm going to be rejected by the people that invited us over. Does anyone ever do that? You fear that if you share your faith, they're going to reject you. But Jesus wants something more for you. Because even in the every rejection that you receive, Jesus is saying, your family. A thousand people can reject you, but the everlasting Father has accepted you. And if that's not enough, you'll never get enough. You'll be looking for everything but me. The Spirit of God has fallen upon the family of God. And when the Spirit of God falls upon you, you have power to do things. You have power to bring peace when there's not peace. You have power to bring healing when there needs to be healing. You have power to bring broken, to bring wholeness where there's brokenness. Not because of some innate power, but because the Spirit of God is in you. Because Jesus resides in you. And in those times that we go, I'd just rather be just a friend. Jesus doesn't come back and go, man, I don't like you. You are such a bad friend. Jesus' response is, I want more for you. Take one more step. Just be a follower. Take one more step. Be my family. You want to be the family of God? Yes. It starts with Jesus, who wants more for you. It starts then with us believing that he does. As family, your invitation is to let the Spirit of the Lord live through you and in you. Everywhere and every day. He wants you to live freely as family. What does that look like to live freely as family? You do so in joy. Mary left Jesus cleaning from him, going to go tell the disciples, and she busted up that door. Or she didn't bust up the door. She busted open that door. It would have been a little more dramatic if she did bust down that door, but she opened up that door and she said, he's not there. He's risen. And from that point on, all we see about that's recorded or historical about Mary is that she was in the family business. She never looked back. I want that for you. This isn't a family business that resides just here. This is a family business that really starts here. Have that freedom.
if you go, I am just a friend of Jesus. I come here maybe on Easter to worship and maybe on Christmas. Jesus wants more for you. If you go to your workplace and you go, I never pray there because I'm scared that people will say something. Jesus wants more for you. If you stick in your shame of, oh, I should have and I could have and I could have, and Jesus wants more for you. He wants you to be family. He wants this place here to feel like home. He doesn't want you walking through those doors back there and going, ooh, I hope no one says I haven't seen you for a while. He doesn't want you walking through those doors and going, I hope they don't preach on that because I don't want to hear about that anymore. He wants you to walk in here and know that there's peace even when you disagree with what you hear. That God's word will change your heart. Christ is risen. Really risen. Christ is risen. So what are you going to do about it? Amen. You're going to make sure that Jesus is in your life. So think about that. Where have you pushed him out? Remember, he's risen. You can't get rid of him. You can try, but you can't get rid of him. He's there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us time to look at the story about Mary, her encounter with Jesus, her deep sorrow that was changed to joy when she saw her risen Lord. Sometimes we get so far away from you, Lord. Sometimes we forget who you are. Remind us that you're always there and that you want more for us. Help us not to just be friends. Help us to not just be followers. Lord, let us step into that family business. And when we say the prayer that you taught us, our Father, Lord, I pray that we pause on those two words, our. Lord, help us to hear those words, our Father, and realize that there's so much more in those two words. It's not just something we say, it's not just Father God, but you are actually our good Father who loves us and gave everything so that we could be with you.